Hi, I'm Nijay Gupta. And I'm AJ Swoboda. And you're listening to In Faith and Doubt. A podcast about how we think about God, the Bible, and Christian faith, and the mess of life. So, Nijay, um, we're both readers, and we both love engaging the ideas of uh, all, a whole variety of people. When you look back over your years of following Jesus and uh, seeking to uh, to be a healthy follower of Jesus, who have been, I don't know, some of your heroes, your go-tos, like the people that you lean back on, maybe even revisit time and time again, who are kind of your the, the heroes upon whose shoulders you stand? All right. Uh, great question. And I'll, I'll be returning the favor and asking you in a minute. But, um, you know, one of them is actually in more recent years, I'm going to be honest, is Martin Luther King Jr. We've all known him as a civil rights activist. And, la- and lately in, the, in recent years, I've been listening to some of his sermons, especially sermons he's given in academic environments. He is a very knowledgeable academic. We know him as the thunderous preacher of civil rights and the mountaintop speech and all of that. But I've read some of his sermons as I've done work on the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord's Prayer, and he is show-stopping. And you know what I appreciate about him is he's a, he, w- he was a person of the world. He understood the world and all its dynamics and all of its possible chaos and ugliness. And yet such fierce, fierce love for God and love for neighbor. And um, I love some of, some of his sayings and some of his quotes and some of his writings on uh, – giving up on hate. You know, it's too hard of a burden to carry. Talking about love. I've actually leaned on King when I look at all the noise on social media and all the ugliness and darkness. So he's been a big one. I'll say another one is um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who I've mentioned several times, but I started getting students to read that when I taught undergraduate in Seattle. And what I noticed about Lewis, or sorry, excuse me, Bonhoeffer, is that he's just so real. Mm. Um, He's actually walk the walk. And so when you think of Christians who have um, – and he was a normal person. He was actually a – well came from a very wealthy family. So he wasn't this, you know, complete alien who lived in like the horrible part of the world or anything like that. He was a, a pretty, you know, bourgeois kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and yet he went through some really hard times and still found faith in God. I'll mention another third quick one. Believe it or not, St. John Chrysostom is one of my heroes, yeah. a church father. Chrysostom says some weird things here and there, but his homilies on Scripture are so learned, but also he has just a profound faith in God that when he reads Scripture, he really wants to take it seriously. Mm. He wants to be really challenged in his lifestyle from it. You've taught me this, uh, AJ. It's important to read people from another era. Mm. It's important to read people from the ancient church because they come to us as our fathers and mothers and our uncles and aunts. They come to us with such ancient wisdom that we don't see as much today. And so I super value uh, writers like Augustine, Chrysostom. They had foibles and faults. They weren't perfect. They weren't uh, learned in in all the ways of the world as we are today on certain things. Uh, But man, when I read the Church Fathers, I'm really impacted by their faith. Mm. Yeah. A faith that was very intelligent, by the way. What about you? Who are some of your anchors? Yeah, you know, a couple of people that come to mind. The first is actually Flannery O'Connor. She she was a novelist. She was a, a, a brilliant literary genius from the South and was a Catholic Southern uh, writer who's, of all things, or actually her prayer journal hmm. was, uh, I've revisited countless times. There's one line in there where she she's she's telling God, 
She goes, God, I, I want to do anything that you want to do, you want me to do. Whatever it is, God, I'll do it. And then the last line of her prayer is, but by this, I do not mean becoming a nun. And what I, <laughs> I love about Flannery O'Connor is her radical posture of honest confession to God. The way she talks to God is the way I want to talk to God. And, you know, you you often learn from people, not stuff. You learn the postures of their heart. You know, I, I learned how to love tomatoes by watching my mom grow tomatoes. Um, I learned to want, I learn a love for God when I listen to Flannery O'Connor. I think another person that I revisit time and time again uh, is uh, an, actually an old Anglican uh, Episcopal priest by the name of Robert Ferrer Capon, mm. uh, who, C-A-P-O-N, who wrote a book called The Mystery of Christ and Why We Don't Get It, a series of volumes on uh, the parables of Jesus, parables of judgment, of grace, and of the kingdom. Um, and he, 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 some of his ideas were absolutely outlandish and completely silly and n- n- nothing that I would find myself swimming in. But his drunkenness on grace mm. is he is he is a man drunk on the yeah. on the gospel and um amazing and i would say the third one uh would be would be um uh of of all people i think i think it would probably end up being um thomas merton mm. um and 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 for for no other reason other than a man who postured a life of activism with a life of deep prayer, um, which is something we don't find. We either have activists or we have prayers. Right. And he modeled a third way where I don't have to pick and choose between active activism in this world and being on my knees in a, in a world that says silence is violence. Um, Merton teaches us that sometimes silence is your greatest form of activism. I'm going to throw in a couple more just to cheat here. you got me thinking. Um, uh, when when I kind of get stuck in the you know life is too complex, John Stott actually is yeah, one of my yeah. heroes. You know, one of these older gentlemen of the faith that's passed away but left a great legacy. The reason I like him is because he models that far side of complexity simplicity. Mm-hmm. If you read his writings, they're very simple. They show simple faith in God. But man, if he didn't live a long life, that he must have encountered so many challenging things. Yeah. Yeah. The other one is Fleming Rutledge. I don't know if how much mm. you've read of Fleming, Incredible. but she um, she's an Episcopal priest, writer, theologian, and I've been able to strike up a friendship with her over the last year. And what's incredible about her is, you know, she's in her, what we would think of retirement years. She's very active in writing still. She's heavily engaged on social media. She is out there. Yep. But she continues to point to this ancient church, this long history of the church, so she shows this amazing double vision on the one hand, able to see the the present challenges of life, on the other hand, able to look at the long history of God's faithfulness mm. the, to the church mm. and to the world. And that, I mean, I find that so inspiring for her as a theologian and preacher and someone that teaches us, and someone in her older years learning new technology. So, we, we you know, yeah. I, I like to appeal to these anchors because... They help me to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And and since you got to cheat once, yeah. I get to cheat once too. Um, and and that is um, actually not a writer, but a book, a single book by one single writer. Um, the book that had the single greatest impact on me in my in my seminary experience is a little known book recommended to me by Len Sweet when I was at Portland Seminary. Mm. Is Thomas Schmidt's book, uh, A Scandalous Grace. 
And Thomas Schmidt's a New Testament scholar, but it's a set of poetic reflections on the cross. And it is so tasty. Great. (laughs) Pick it up. So at the end of the day, Nijay, I think we would both say, none of us are called to follow Jesus alone. We need to follow somebody. As Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That we need to imitate somebody. We need to follow somebody. And hope is even during our podcast, we're going to get the chance to share some of our heroes, people whose shoulders we stand on. Uh, And so... No doubt, we all need somebody to follow, and hopefully maybe you could find a few people outside of Twitter that you can follow who maybe not be around anymore. Absolutely, AJ. Thanks. Thanks for joining the In Faith and Doubt podcast. We're a collaborative project that's been generously made possible by Northern Seminary in Illinois and Bushnell University in Eugene, Oregon.